When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you look for it, every day has cause for celebration. Celebrate a friend for their promotion baby wedding life thing. Celebrate yourself for keeping the couch warm. It's no easy feat, especially if it's a big couch. Or maybe you just want to celebrate living in 2023 where you can get beer, wine, and spirits delivered from Drizzly in under 60 minutes without leaving said couch. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com and get your favorite drinks delivered today. Right now, you can get free carpet installation from the Home Depot. So while we're putting in your new carpet, you'll have more time to take care of the lawn. Get started on dinner. Or just lay down and relax on your new carpet after it's installed. Ah. Get your free carpet installation started with The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Minimum purchase of $4.99. Exclusions apply. U.S. only. See store for details. in a wrestling match lemmy or god lemmy trick question lemmy is god you fail (laughs) you never saw airheads did you you know i've never seen airheads we need to fix that (laughs) wait a minute wait a minute you knew (laughs) i've never seen airheads oh that was from airheads such a classic movie that's brendan fraser right it is. And boy, did he look good in that movie. Yo, you know what? I'm not going to lie. Brendan Fraser was would, like the undercover it. fucking hottie of the 90s. I would say Brendan Fraser still could get it. Have because seen? I think he's a really fun guy. And I think you'd have a good time with him in bed. He's a real mushroom. Like, what? He's a fun guy. I hate you. <laughs> She got the pistols out, guys. The pun pistols that came out. I saw them. Uh, yeah, no, he's a real, he's a cool dude. Yeah, like I feel like you could have a good time with him in bed. Yeah, he and he's cute. He's, I he looks he's like aged. a real dad. Yeah, these but you days, know what? But like that's not bad. That's not bad. Being a dad ain't bad. I hit it. Oh my god. Yeah, like in a real world sense, totally fine. Mm-hmm. Nice looking middle aged man. Right. Like can can fuck him. Would fuck him. Sure. Yeah. Also, like, when he was in that Tarzan movie. Wow. Abraham Lincoln. 
I mean, I would go for airheads, Brendan Fraser. Yeah. But I mean, I don't like a man with too me. many muscles. But also, like, I don't know, his face, he's so cute. Uh, well, yeah, well. he was cute. He was he was really cute. No, even in the mummy, he was really cute. Brendan Fraser can get it. Can get it. Yeah. Also, he doesn't live far from us, so Ooh. we could go get it. <laughs> I don't know if that's how that works. Yeah. Welcome to Rock Candy, <laughs> where we gushed about Brandon Fraser. And we're also your weekly podcast filled with sweet treats yeah. from the world of music. And this week, we got a super sweet treat. Yeah, we're talking- Or like a very, like, cigarette and whiskey filled treat. Oh, yes. Okay. Just, just a walk-in sack of cigarette ashes and Jack Daniels. Right? Okay, yeah. That's mostly what it is. Yeah, it, we're talking about Lemmy. We're talking about Lemmy of Motorhead. Yes. Just in case you didn't know who Lemmy was. <laughs> Some people might not know. I guess not. There's people out there yeah. who need to be educated. You really do if if you're not into Lemmy. Yes. Yeah. Come on. You need to get with the Lems, guys. With the Lems. Get with the Lems. Looking through those Lems. Looking through those Lemmy eyes. Yeah. Like it. We're your hosts. I'm Maggie. I'm actually choking down a gulp of beer. I know. So. I saw you <laughs> j- sipping that ass. I was like, hi, we're your hosts. I'm going to fuck her over. <laughs> <laughs> Got her. Got her. I mean, I just also thought we should tell you who we are. Yes. So we're your hosts. We're going to bring you stories about Lemmy. God, there's so many fucking stories. Guys. <laughs> my notes. Ashley's been on a journey with notes. That's why we're kind of jumping right into it. Because oh there's a lot to get into. And I left... So much out. Yeah, we'll say it up front. We know we left some things out. but So much. But I could not physically put everything into one episode. Couldn't do it. Yeah. But at the same time, if I put everything in, it would literally be just repetitive, like... This is the 20... part where this happened. This is again. The part... And so again. They... And again. Yeah. They recorded. They went on tour. He fucked a lot of women. He drank a lot of whiskey. He recorded. He toured. He fucked a lot of women. He, he drank, drank a lot, lot of whiskey. whiskey. It's a very repetitive thing. It's a weird me. game of duck, so, duck, goose, isn't it? It is. <laughs> duck, duck, fuck. <laughs> More duck, like duck, it. fuck. Fuck, fuck, goose. Fuck, fuck, boobs. Fuck, fuck, booze. Ah. ah. We did it. You guys went on that journey with us. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. All right, we'll see you guys next time. <laughs> that was Lemmy. That was Lemmy. That's all you need to know. Fucking in boobs. And booze. <laughs> and booze. Yeah, and cigs. That's, yeah, that's pretty much all you need. Yeah. Um. No, but there's a whole lot fucking more to this story. There so. is a whole lot fucking more. Yeah. And I, I will forwardly admit that I don't know a ton about Lemmy. Yeah. I do like Motorhead. The yeah. little that I know. I'm not even going like, to run should, out there and say because... that I know a bunch of Motorhead, because I don't. Yeah. But you should, because all of it is pretty fucking great it really is yeah i mean i did some listening throughout like the weekend and today and i'm just this is all i mean slaps motorhead definitely had a formula to their music but at the same time it worked (laughs) nearly every single time and they are such a blueprint for everything Everything. that came after it literally everything i mean i'm gonna get into that but seriously god i can really tell where metallica got its thrash (laughs) and like all thrash metal was 100 100 was like oh i like what motorhead's doing gonna take that yeah Mm, it's like yeah you know we we listened to deep purple and venom and stuff and that was cool but it was fucking motorhead Mm -hmm. that gave thrash 
its sound. Oh. Absolutely. Yeah, like if you listen to Motorhead, you will feel it in your bones. Yes. And 100%. I will kick you in the dick if you try to argue otherwise. Even so. if you don't have a dick, we're going to put one on you. Kick you in kick it. You in it. <laughs> it's going to happen. We're going to order one from Adam and Eve. We will. And we'll put it on you and then we'll kick it. Yeah, it's going to happen. But I, the biggest thing I just remember about Lemmy was that he died two days before Bowie? One day before Bowie? Um, When did Bowie die? Uh, January 6th. 2016. He died about a week before. How is it a week? Yeah. Damn. I actually have a picture of some graffiti that I found in Bushwick when I lived in Brooklyn. And it was Rip, Lemmy, and David. And it was a very crudely drawn, like, Lemmy, like, mustache. And Bowie's, like, lightning eyes. That's adorable. It was very adorable and very crudely drawn. (laughs) It was, like, the cutest little middle schooler, but probably 40-year-old man. But, like, coolest middle schooler 40 year old man that ever existed right yeah <laughs> oh my god I, I loved that when i saw it i'm like oh man somebody's having a really fucking tough week yeah well let's talk about the beer yeah who wants to hear about beer let's get into that so to accompany us on this episode journey we are drinking arrogant bastard ale you said that very lemmy like oh was, did i was good Oh, yeah, I don't good. know. I'm already kind of drunk. Because, man. Because we drank this, and now we're drinking another beer, and I'm going to drink another beer. Yeah. I'm going to be Lemmy drunk by the end of this. Lemmy, like, never got drunk. That's the crazy well, thing. fuck him, then. I'm not going to get Lemmy drunk. <laughs> I'm going to get drunk like I drank like Lemmy, but there you go. he didn't get drunk. Yeah. I also, for some reason, as I'm getting older, I'm having less of, you know. A shit? No, I just mean, like, I can't tolerate my booze anymore. Oh, it's fine. I thought you just meant you you gave less of it. I shit. mean, it can be that, too. <laughs> can it be both? I Who puts out Arrogant Bastard? Uh, Stone Brewery. Oh. Does not say it on the Wait, can. Wait, I'm sorry. Is that right? I don't know. It doesn't say. I'm looking at the can. I'm not seeing it. I mean, I feel like, though... I think it's Stone. When you go to the beer store... And you walk down one of the aisles, there's like an entire stack of arrogant bastards. Yeah. Every time. So. I'm pretty sure it's Stone Brewery. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, I'm pretty wow. sure. But at this point, that brewery has become so synonymous with arrogant, arrogant bastard, bastard that yeah, everyone I mean, just says, calls it arrogant it bastard. It says brewed and canned by arrogant consortia. Yeah. Oh, is that how you say that? Yes. Yeah, you're right. Hmm. Yeah. So that's what it says. Anyway. Uh, there, it's, it's great. It's good. It's, you know. I feel it's very lemmy. And no, it's a brown ale. Oh, really? Yeah. Because it is 7.2%. Yeah. It feels like a stout. It does. It's thick. Thick (laughs) ale. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I, I figured, uh, Arrogant Bastard is very lemmy. Also, they have a album album called Bastard, so. Yeah. No, it's kind of perfect. And it's actually a really good beer. Pro tip, make sure it's really cold. Yeah, we drank it warm and uh, it it wasn't It wasn't bad. It just wasn't the best that it could be. Second pro tip, put fresh raspberries in it. Yeah. It actually kind of, it's nice. It's good. Yeah, it has a very fresh taste to it. I'll give it that for sure. Yeah. I think if it was very cold, I would have liked it a lot more. Oh, it would have been way better. Yeah, but... it's definitely a beer that needs to be cold. And honestly, those those raspberries helped. Yeah. But like, I failed and I went to the beer store right before I came here. I wouldn't say that's and... a failure. I'd say the beer store should have had more cold beers. They should have because they were out of just about everything and mm. whatever. Guys, quarantine's getting scary. Quarantiers. 
Oh, God. That's sad. It's the beer store. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into it. Let's talk about Lemmy. <laughs> On that sad note. No more, no more tears until the end. Hold right. your tears, kids. Okay. Well, let's get into the story of Lemmy, shall we? Let's do it. Whether you're into metal, punk, or old school rock and roll, you probably have Motorhead on your list of influences. That was the great thing about the band. They defied all conventions with music that is all genres at once, yet a genre all its own. With a fuck you attitude of punk and the galvanizing guitar riffs of thrash metal, Lemmy Kilmister helmed the Motorhead juggernaut for 40 years, only stopped because of his death in 2015. Lemmy was more infamous than famous. Rumors abounded about his truly astonishing drug and alcohol intake that would have killed a mere mortal decades ago. He was well known for his betting as many women as he could get his hands on, and he could get his hands on a lot of them. It was rumored that he slept with over 12,000 women. However, even Lemmy himself downplayed that number, saying it was more like a thousand. (laughs) It's still pretty good, boy. It's still a lot of women. (laughs) Still a lot of clap. Yeah. But before... (laughs) Yeah. You know he got it at least 50 times. At least. Whew. Avoid the clap. Guys. Listen to Jimmy Dugan. (laughs) (laughs) But before Lemmy was Lemmy, he was Ian Fraser Kilmister. He was a... So Kilmister's his real last name. Yes, it's his real last name. Because that's such a... Such an interesting and apropos... Last name. I It sounds made up. It does. Yeah. Yeah. He was a Christmas Eve baby born on December 24th, 1945, the day after my birthday. We Capricorns. Yeah, you Capricorns. We cuspy people. You Capricorn ones. Yeah. No, we're we're cusps. Yeah, but isn't that still Capricorn one? No, they're different. Okay. Never mind. They're different, Maggie. They're great. They're different. (laughs) And he grew up in the Burslem neighborhood of Stoke-on-Trent in Staffordshire, England. Oh, Staffordshire, England. Hmm. (laughs) I don't think it was that fancy. Probably not. Lemmy's father was an Air Force chaplain and left when he was only a few months old. He didn't see his dad again until he was six, but even at that young age, he was so unimpressed with his father that he really wanted nothing to do with him. That's... The fucking best thing I've ever heard. Yeah, he called him a miserable little dickhead in glasses. <laughs> like, just imagine six-year-old Lemmy looking at his dad like, Miserable little dickhead in glasses. <laughs> I just picture he already has that mustache. <laughs> at six years old. Yes. And long hair. He already And the hat. He already has those things. And the aviators go, miserable little dickhead glasses. Yes. That's, I hate you. That is exactly what six-year-old Lemmy is. Get out of my house. But but son. Mom. But son, I'm your father. Fuck off. Mel, he told me to fuck off. I should. I'm fucking off now. I suppose I'll fuck off now. I am a little dickhead in glasses. <laughs> Good day. Good day, sir. <laughs> Well, Ian, I don't think your father will be back anytime soon. You called him a little dickhead in glasses. Good. I would have kicked him in the dick if he stayed around. <laughs> Had he a dick for me to kick? <laughs> bow, 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 bow. All right, so our head cannon is just uh, little okay. Lemmy. Yeah, little Lemmy. I'm here for it. Now I want somebody to draw little Lemmy. It's just chibi Lemmy. It is. It is. Growing up without a father didn't bother Lemmy too much. He was instead raised by his mother, Jessie Milda, and grandmother, 
Two strong and intelligent and kind women that Lemmy truly admired. Mm. They shaped Lemmy's view of the world, and because of their influence, he gained a very specific view of women and feminism, which is basically women are amazing and men are pretty much scum. Yay! (laughs) That's awesome! Sometimes he didn't express it so well. Because he was often later outspoken against, like, the radical feminists, which I get it. Like, they can be much like PETA people. They can be way overzealous and want want equality, quote unquote, to a point that was just completely ridiculous and unfeasible. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, not even ridiculous and unfeasible, but it's just... They basically wanted to overtake men, which yeah, which is really feminism is just like, yo, let's all be just we're all on the same page here. Yeah. And whereas we understand that people like that are pretty few and far between. It's just that they're making the most noise so mm-hmm. that so they're the ones that are heard the most. I think Lemmy thought that they were mo- there were far more of them than there actually were. And I think there might have been like probably like the 60s been. and 70s. Yeah, I think there was more, too. Yeah. Radical feminists. But but now we have more politically correct feminists. And that's the part that he didn't really like. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah. Um, I don't think he expressed it very well. Just because, you know, before the in the few years before he died, he was he was a child of the 40s. He was a World War Two baby. Like, yeah, he was just that's how he expressed his disdain for that kind of person. Yeah. He's that person that you just have to sit down and make, okay, I get what you're saying, but you can't say it like that. And he'd be like, right. oh, well, then. I'm sorry. And then he'll turn around and be like, nah, fuck these feminazis. But these fucking cunts, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. Be like, oh, Uncle Lemmy. Uh, here's another whiskey. Yeah. Age 10 was a turning point for not just Lemmy, but Lemmy's teeth as well. Mm-hmm. He had nearly all his teeth ripped out that year. <gasps> it made him so deathly afraid of dentists that he didn't go back to one for 40 years. Why? Because it, it was traumatizing. No, why did they rip all oh, of his probably teeth Probably because out? they were fucking horrible. And he British? didn't have any money, so he just had them ripped <gasps> out and not replaced. I got a tooth thing, yeah. so I don't like this story. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> On top of that, Lemmy's mom remarried to a rugby player named George Willis, Ooh. who already had two children from a previous marriage. Mm. The two kids, Patricia and Tony, were not Lemmy's favorite people, and frankly, mm. neither was his stepdad. Mm. The family moved to Belech, which is on the... <laughs> That's not how you say it. No, it's Welsh. It is how you say it. Oh, never mind. That is how you say it. <laughs> Which is on the island of Anglesey in Wales. This is pretty deep Welsh country, so it was a bit difficult for Lemmy to adjust. Mm. He attended Sir Thomas Jones School in nearby Amluch, which, that word is spelled A-M-L-W-C-H. What? Amluch. I'm just impressed because you're a lot better than I am about researching how to say things. I'm just like I don't know how to say this. Sorry. I even wrote the phonetic pronunciation. Oh, good for you. You did. (laughs) Yeah. But being the only English kid in a group of hundreds you stick out pretty good. Oh, yeah. He wasn't the happiest of kids but for the most part, Lemmy enjoyed his time living in Anglesey. 
He liked being close to the ocean, he liked beautiful scenery, and he really liked horses, and there were plenty of them in Anglesey. That's really sweet. He really liked horses. Oh my god, now I just want Chibi Lemmy riding a horse. Oh my god. And kicking his dad in the nads. (laughs) That's all I really want in a fan art of Lemmy. But can the horse be kicking his dad in the nads? Yeah. 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 For most of his life, Lemmy was known as Lemmy. But there were many tales about how he got his nickname. Okay. The most believed one was that he got it while he was in grade school. He was a lifelong gambler and what? was he fucking <laughs> loved to gamble. He was like, the old man at the, he was literally the old man at the end of the bar playing the like video game slots. Oh my god, he's playing quick draw every yes. night. Yes, that is him. <laughs> Oh my god, I yeah. just picture him like, all right, all right, mates, I made up this game. It's called Quick Draw. We're going to all play it at the cafeteria <laughs> table during lunch today. I don't know what accent that is. All of them. And I'm kind of sorry. It's fine. I'm also kind of drunk. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, he was a lifelong gambler and was constantly borrowing money from other students for his gambling problem. Oh my Propositioning god. <laughs> them with, let me borrow a fiver. Or Lemmy a quid till Friday. Eventually, that first word Lemmy turned into his nickname. Stop. And later in his life, Lemmy denied this whole story, so who really knows where it came from? I 100% want to believe this is the story because it's fucking hilarious. Lemmy a quid till Friday. Lemmy a quid till Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Except, like, you have to say it the way that he talks, which is so hard to imitate. I cannot talk the way Lemmy talks. It's Ozzy Osbourne with a pseudo welsh accent that's what i was gonna say of course now it all makes sense why his accent was so interesting because yeah he's british but he also spent so much time in wales right so his accent is when he was a young age well when he up until he was 10 when they moved to wales he grew up in an area close to liverpool oh my god and then moved to wales yeah so this totally makes sense why you can't fucking understand a word he's saying yes even worse than ozzy osbourne yeah. Who also grew up in the same area. But so. not in Wales, right? No, not in Wales, but he was in Birmingham, which was basically on the border of Wales. Burning Man. Burning Man. Yeah. He went to Burning Man. He is the Wicker Man. I could see that. Either way, Lemmy discovered rock and roll early and fell in love with it. It was Little Richard's song, Good Golly Miss Molly, that introduced him to the spastic delight of rock and roll. Oh. He loved Little Richard. And he and Dave Grohl really bonded over their love of Little Richard. I can 100% see that. But it was difficult finding records where he lived. There wasn't even a record store in the area. I can't, yeah. Instead, he would go to the electrical repair shop and have the owner order records for him. And three weeks later, he'd go back and scoop them up. I didn't even know that was a thing that someone could do. I guess. I it, I guess it would make sense because if the electrical repair shop is repairing record players and gramophones or whatever, mm-hmm. I don't even think they had gramophones. No, <laughs> it was def- rec- they probably definitely had gramophones. Because what is this, like the 50s in yeah. England? Yeah, they still had gramophones. Yeah. So they were the ones that were repairing those. So, of course, they had catalogs that had you know, new records. Yeah, probably so you can, like, test shit out. Right. Oh, wow, that's crazy. It was a Beatles show in Liverpool that showed him just what he could get out of being a musician. Which checks. Yeah. 
a lot. It, it, this was pre-Beatlemania, but mm-hmm. there were still lots of screaming girls all over them and clamoring for their attention. Here's the thing with the Beatles. Even when they were just coming up, they were super popular. Yeah. Anywhere they would perform, people fucking loved them. Yeah. And then he noticed all the girls at school fawning over another student with a guitar. So he started teaching himself how to play. It's like, hey, I want to get laid. Exactly. I'm going to learn some guitar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> School wasn't Lemmy's strong suit, and eventually he was expelled for cutting class too much. <laughs> this checks. I mean, damn. I'm glad my school didn't expel for cutting too much, because woof. <laughs> he didn't bother trying to go back. Instead, he took odd jobs working at summer fairs, a horse riding school, and a washing machine factory. A horse riding school? Horse riding school. It's, he again, loved he horses. loved horses. He really did. I mean, yes, I love it. It's great. Those days, he only had one thing on his mind. Fucking. <laughs> I got two things on my mind today, and that's taking care of the horses and fucking. And I ain't got no horses. So I guess I'm going to be fucking. I guess I'm fucking. <laughs> but as Lemmy himself said... That only takes up half an hour a day, so you better find something else to fill your time Damn. with. Damn. <laughs> you know what, though? He was humble and self-deprecating, and that's why I love him. Oh, I was going to say, you know, I know that Missy Elliott's saying, I don't want no minute man. And like, but sometimes no. you kind of just want like a good 20 minute session and you're like, yeah. all right, I'm, I'm good. Like, I, don't, I, just, I got shit a, to do. I'm good with a half an hour, man. That's right? fine. I am, you know what? And you know what? I don't need an all-nighter. Impressed. I don't need a minute man. Half hour man is perfect. Yeah, I'm I'm impressed. Yeah. If you last ooh, a whole half an hour. Yeah. No, half an hour? Perfect. <clears throat> Still leaves me some time to sleep. Right? Like, I'm like, okay, cool. So, like, this isn't, like, just, like, two seconds of, like, and then you get off and you're we're not done. A, you're not a two-pump chump. Right. But this is, like, just the perfect amount of time for me to be okay. Right? For me to feel satisfied and still get a good night's sleep. Yeah. Thanks for looking out for me. Yeah, right? Like, this is, like, we've both meet in the middle (laughs) here. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. So, yeah, he had to find something to fill his time with. And his time waster was music. Nice. It's basically killing two birds with one stone. You waste the time and you get all the chicks. Yeah. And one chick he landed was a woman named Kathy that he met while she was vacationing with her family. Aww. He was only 17 and she was 15 at the time. And nine months later, <gasps> the two found themselves new parents to a baby boy named Sean. 15 is too young to too have a fucking young pergernin aunt. <laughs> All the starch marks you're going to have for the rest of your life. Nah, she's 15. She ain't going to have the starch masks. She's lucky. Right? I mean, she's young. She'll bounce back yeah. from that. Her skin is still elasticy. Yeah. So, God, what's but, that like? But they knew they were too young, and they put Sean up for adoption right after he was born, and Lemmy never had contact with him again. Oh. So, wait, like, do we still not know who, like, baby Lemmy the first is? Um, so Tracy ended up contacting him when he was an adult. Not all Kathy? that long ago. Or Kathy, I'm sorry. I was like, who's Tracy? I'm sorry. <laughs> Kathy ended up <laughs> Kathy ended up uh contacting him when he was an adult. Oh. And she was like, Hey, I'm your mom. I just want to meet you. So they met 
And then she later told Lemmy about the meeting. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) she, like, she said something like, you know, I, he, she described him and he didn't sound very physically like, like Lemmy at all. Oh. And was kind of like short and nerdy and whatever. And she was like, I didn't have the heart to tell him who his father was. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) So the guy never knew that (gasps) Lemmy was his dad. Oh, God. I mean, he must know now. He must know. That kind of sucks, though. Yeah. They got I mean, a lot of love. Like, I don't know. Like, what if you want to meet your dad? Now he's dead. I don't think Lemmy would be very... He would not have wanted to meet him to begin with. Because Lemmy was not a parental kind of guy. I guess you're right. But also, I don't know. You're right. Okay. He didn't have a fatherly bone in his body. He did not want to be a father. It's probably because so. his dad was a little dickhead. Yeah. Meh. He was like, I grew up without a dad. I never felt I needed a dad. So I don't need to be a dad either. He ain't wrong. Yeah. In 1965, when Lemmy was 20 years old, he joined the Rockin' Vickers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they looked like a pretty typical 60s English rock group. With ridiculous matching outfits and page boy haircuts. Love it. But they had a bit of oomph to them. Oh, oomph, you say. Yeah. They rocked out a bit with Lemmy pushing the limitations of their music on, on their live shows. He'd get a little gritty on stage, purposely feeding his guitar to the amplifier to get feedback and drive the audience a little nuts. Oh, like good nuts or bad nuts? Good nuts. Oh, okay. <laughs> good nuts. You got like that them cashews. It's like crunch nuts. Oh, man. Some Doritos Crunch Nuts? Yeah. All right. That's the kind of nuts he was driving them. <laughs> the Cool Ranch kind, not cool the ranch na- nacho nuts. cheese. His penchant for women was just beginning in the Rockin' Vickers, and despite their holy name, Lemmy's behavior was less than saintly. Mm. After a show in Manchester, he slept with a woman named Tracy Inder, oh. or Patricia I'm not entirely sure. It might be Patracy. <laughs> I think it's Patracy. That's so funny because when I was writing this, I was like, Patracy. They're the same person. It's Patracy. It's Patracy. <laughs> but I'm I'm wondering if her name was actually Patricia and everybody just called her Tracy. Oh, maybe. I'm not entirely sure. Or maybe her name was, they called her Trisha and Lemmy was drunk. I was like, oh, uh, what a Tra- name is this? It? Tri- Tr- it's Tracy. Patty Trish. Tracy, whatever the fucking name is. That's a fucking name. Get over here and sit on my dick. (laughs) I don't know. But I have a feeling they're the same person because in the documentary Lemmy, Mm -hmm. he and his son, his other son, were talking about her. Mm -hmm. And he called her Tracy. But when I Googled her, everything that came up said Patricia. And in the documentary... They were talking about how she lost her virginity to John Lennon. Oh. But then when I Googled it, everything, that whole story referenced somebody named Patricia Inder. So I'm assuming they're the same person. Yeah. And he just thinks her name's Tracy. Or maybe Lemmy just gets to call her Tracy. Maybe. Maybe or only Lenny. Or he just Lenny thought her name Tracy. was Tracy. Maybe. I think it's that one. <laughs> His son doesn't have a the heart to say anything. But anyway, Tra- Patracy. Patracy. Be- became pregnant. And she Pergurnanant. Gave- <laughs> she became Pergurnanant. And she gave birth to her son, Paul Inder, on May 12th, 1967. I mean, Happy I get birthday. it. It's the 60s. Right? But let me. Wrap it up. 
wrap it up. Seriously. Like, this is your second time doing this. Yeah. Have you have you not learned? I'd hope Sir. he learned after this one, but I have an odd feeling he didn't. I don't know of any other children from him besides the first Sean and Paul. Okay. But I he am. talks to Paul? Yes. He still, he has a, re- let me fucking get to it. All Hold right. On. I'm sorry. <laughs> it just kind of bothers yeah. me. Again, Lemmy really didn't want children, but Tracy had the right to keep her baby. Of course. So she raised Paul by herself. With Lemmy reconnecting with his son when he was six years old. He wasn't in Mm. Paul's life very much, but Paul never held that against him. Interesting. He he would pop in here and there, and Paul knew that Lemmy was his dad. And Lemmy, when he would see his son, would be a father to him. Yeah. Um, But Paul just always had this... This idea like, yeah, I know who my father is. He's a big musician. He's not really in my life. That's totally fine. When he does come around, I think he's really fucking cool. And he's teaching me how to play guitar. So, But see, that's why it's like, it kind of pisses me off that Sean never knew who his dad was. But Lemmy was 17 and Kathy was 15. No, but I mean, like, later on in life, he could have found out who his dad was. And I think Lemmy would have at least been nice enough to him. But it also depends on the terms of the adoption. Because Paul wasn't adopted. He was raised by his actual mother. Right. But Sean was adopted. The terms could have, especially if they went through a religious um, organization, orphanage, organization yeah, yeah. to adopt Sean out, there could have been very strict rules that after or up into a certain age, they were not allowed right. to contact him. Right. But I just mean like if the mom reached out, she should have said something. I'm kind of putting it on... Who was the first girl? Kathy. Kathy. Kind of put on Kathy. Like, I don't know. Tell him who his dad is. Yeah. Give him the chance to, like, just say something to his dad. But if he also, wants. if they met up, he could have been like, who's my dad? And she could have told him. I mean, I guess like, we, we don't know what happened in yeah, that Yeah, if he didn't ask, meeting. then she didn't have to tell him. That's true. I don't know why I'm really fixated on this, but I am, oddly enough. I mean, maybe he didn't really even, even reach out right. to either one of them. Maybe Look, she reached out to him and he was just like, uh, okay. Okay. This is just a weird hill for me to die he on. He also could have grown up not even knowing he was adopted. Oh, that's true. There's a whole lot of we don't knows in this situation. Again, don't know why I'm so caught up on this. <laughs> but you know what we do know? <laughs> what do we know? We know that we have this pretty awesome deal going on with AdamandEve.com. We do. Yeah. Yeah. And in this deal. we've been talking about so much sex. <laughs> May as well talk about Adam and Eve. Yeah. And all the safe sex you can have with your partner or yourself during these quarantine times. Yes. With some toys. You can keep it real safe. Yeah. Nobody's going to get pregnant or rant. And nobody's going to have to deal with starch masks. No. Because so. you're going to use toys that you get from AdamandEve.com. Yeah. So you can go on their website. You can pick almost any item. For 50% off. Almost. And then you get a whole bunch of free shit. So much free shit. You don't know what you're going to get. You really don't. It's a surprise. It's a real surprise. You could get something for him. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little something sexy for her. Yep. Maybe a hot little item you can both enjoy. Or even that third person in your relationship can enjoy it. Yeah, you can all split it. Fun for you all. You can split all of the toys. Just clean them thoroughly. Oh my God, please clean them. Like, <laughs> they're not going to give you condoms. But they're going to give you toys. Yeah. And you should clean them thoroughly. And they're also going to give you some 
movie films. Spicy films. Six of them, in fact. Six spice films. You get to choose whichever ones you want. I mean, they're going to give them to you and you can choose whichever out of the six that you would like to watch at that time. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That's how that works. Yes. And then, on top of all that, you get free shipping. Free shipping! And all you have to do is at checkout, use our code CANDYPOD, that's C-A-N-D-Y-P-O-D, not, not the, band. the band, but you will feel so alive. Yes. Um, at checkout, use that code, and then you get all this free shit. You get so much free stuff. And you already get the item that you came there for. Ha. Came. <laughs> but also, like, seriously, whatever you need, because it's, it's some spicy times, guys. It's been almost two months. It really has. Now, maybe, like, you've been frisky with somebody, quarantined with somebody, and you've been doing the same thing, and you just want to spice it up a little bit. Yeah. Or maybe you're by yourself, and you're like, yo, I haven't been able to go on a date in a couple months. Would Tinder's be nice. a joke right now. Right? Like, everything is just kind of on freeze. But you need to touch yourself, guys. Like, maybe this episode's getting you a little hot and bothered, because you're like, man, let me got a lot. You got a I'd lot like, of poon. I'd like to get something. Yeah. Get something for yourself yeah. at adamneve.com and Just, use our code CANDYPOD. Because you will feel so alive. Yes. But not like the band POD. <laughs> Definitely not. So let's continue with our story. On Lemmy. On Lemmy. And, and don't worry, we are still going to talk about sex. <laughs> oh, yes, we are. The sex ain't over yet, kids. The Rock and Vickers weren't entirely small beans. They played with a lot of well-known rock bands of the time, opening Ooh. for The Who and The Kinks and The Hollies in basically any 70s or no, 60s band with the in front of it. Nice. Yeah. Wow. They had a consistent cycle of gigs around the north of England and had a decent following, but that's exactly what Lemmy didn't like about the band. They didn't have much ambition to move beyond North England, whereas Lemmy wanted to go to London and make it big. Yeah, that's pretty much if you're a UK band in the 60s and 70s, you had your to go goal? To London. 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 Not North England. London, London, London. We're going down like London, <laughs> oh my London, God. London. We're, we're not talking down. about Fergie. We're talking about Lemmy. Fair enough. <laughs> After two years playing with the Rockin' Vickers, Lemmy left the band and moved to London. He shared a flat with Noel Redding and Neville Chesters, the bassist and road manager for the Jimi Hendrix Experience, respectively. Oh, yeah. Naturally, they hooked him up with a job as a roadie for the Jimi Hendrix Experience. You know why I didn't recognize the name Noel Redding? Because you pronounced Noel. The entire episode <laughs> got the business for that one. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Noel Redding. I remember him. Yep. Noel Redding? Yes. Yes. But yeah, so he was a roadie for a Jimi Hendrix experience, though he wasn't very good at it. Oh, what? Per Neville Chester's, quote, he would rather play an instrument than carry it. So that kind of gives you the idea. Oh. Though he was a pretty shitty roadie, Lemmy did learn a lot of things while working for Jimi Hendrix. I bet. He learned where to find the best drugs, and getting acid and coke for Jimi and the crew became part of his job description. Okay. Rumor has it that Jimmy himself gave Lemmy his first taste of amphetamines and psychedelics, and soon enough, he was hooked. Yeah, that sounds about right. This checks with Jim- with Jimmy. Yeah, this this a lot of this. Yeah. This this straight line into Drugsville. Yeah. Let me guide you. Uh-huh. Young Padmon. Take my hand. We are going. 
yeah. to Drugsville. <laughs> During those days, street drugs were his drugs of choice. It wasn't until he started Motorhead that he switched mainly to just alcohol. After that, a glass of Jack Daniels whiskey and Coke was basically glued to the palm of his hand. Do you mean Coke like cocaine or Coke like Coca-Cola? Coca-Cola. Oh. Like the classic drink, which is now apparently Jack- called a Lemmy after he passed away. Oh. Yeah. It's like the grossest drink. It's so disgusting. I cannot with Coke. I can't with Jack. I'm sorry, Lemmy. I'm... Jack Daniels is just so fucking it's gross. So oh, my stomach just there are literally about it. hundreds of whiskeys that are better than Jack Daniels, and I get it. It's fucking bourbon, and it tastes different. Whatever. Um, there are hundreds, hundreds of, bourbons. of bourbons that are better than Jack yeah. Daniels. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah. His approach to taking drugs was straight up balls to the wall. If you weren't doing all the drugs. All at once, then get the fuck out. So did he just rub his balls in the drugs and then rub the balls on the wall? <laughs> and then made people <laughs> sniff the coke off his right, balls? Right, everybody, I put coke on my balls and then rubbed it on the wall Wait, wait, sniff it all. let me put a line on my dick. <laughs> but also, I could see Levy being that guy at a party. He was definitely that guy at a party. Yeah, he learned to function on five hits of acid at a time. And frequently mixed uppers and downers in dangerous combinations. Once in 1969, his friend's girlfriend was directed to get them some amphetamine sulfate, which is basically Ritalin or Adderall. Oh, okay. Instead, the girlfriend got atropine sulfate, which is used to increase the heart rate for those with bradycardia. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Which is when you have less than 60 heartbeats per minute, which is bad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh Lemmy took Lemmy took so much of it that he went bonkers for a while until he passed out and woke up in the hospital, <gasps> then continued to have hallucinations for two weeks after. And he's still alive at this point. Wow. Thankfully, Lemmy had a staunch rule regarding heroin, but it came at a price. Hmm. In 1973, Lemmy fell deeply in love with a girl named Sue. Like, wanted to marry this woman. He was so mad about her. But she died of a heroin overdose, and he was the one that found her dead in the bathtub. Oh, my God. Since then, Lemmy has been strictly anti-heroin. He's also been strictly anti-marriage because the one and only woman he loved enough to want to marry died and left him alone. Well, I'm going to go cry now. It's very sad. So, this was rock candy. I need 20 <laughs> years to cry about that. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, sad. Try not to let it engulf you. I'm trying. But Failing. also, so, so he never did heroin. No, he did not. Because even like, before he even really had a chance to try it, this woman he loved died f- yeah. from a fucking And overdose. he actually had kind of a controversial view towards it because he definitely advocated for the legalization of it. The the idea being, if it was legalized, then it wouldn't have such a taboo on it, so people wouldn't want to do it so badly, mm. and it could be more controlled, in a yeah. way, like, make it a controlled substance, almost. Not illegal, but, yeah, maybe maybe lifting that taboo off of it would make it less desirable to people. I don't know. I would argue that I think the people who end up doing heroin are the people who just fall deeper and deeper into drug use 
Because by the time you get to heroin, you're just looking for that level of a high. And a lot of people that fall into heroin use are people that got hooked on narcotic pain medication, prescription narcotic pain medication. Right. And, and they can't get their pain they medication anymore. They couldn't get it. They can't get it paid for anymore. Or they lost their health insurance. So they turned to street drugs to get the same kind of high. Yeah. So, yeah. It's... I can see where he's coming from, but I think, like, logistically, that doesn't work. I don't think it's a good idea. No, I At agree. all. I, I really don't think anything after pot needs to be legalized. It's not worth it. And it's highly addictive. Yeah. So anything that's that highly addictive, I don't think should be available. Not Not something that's made like that, no. Yeah, no. Not something that is that highly addictive. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I, I kind of agree more with you. Um, so we are at, like, what, three weeks with no heroin incident? I mean, there is a heroin incident, but it's not with the artist we are talking about. Right. Wow. So I think so. We're doing good. Good job, guys, hey, when was on the la- no heroin. When was the last time we had a heroin incident? So technically REM, but I did oh, not yeah, know yeah. that until know. after the episode, because we have a lovely fan who told us that he did heroin. Yes. Michael Stipe, that And he is. didn't like it, right? He, well, I think he did it, and then, yeah, he kind of fell out of drugs once they got famous, yeah. which is interesting. Hmm. Yeah, he wasn't, like, super into drugs, so he He got wasn't like it. Kurt Cobain, who was fucking determined to have a heroin problem we've talked about the problematic issues with kurt cobain so you can many visit problems. our nirvana episodes to <laughs> so many problems. hear about that yeah so yeah naturally when musicians are experimenting with drugs and hallucinogens it comes out in their music so it was no surprise that lemmy started getting into psychedelic rock he That's bounced fair. from one psychedelic band to another until he eventually joined hawkwind in 1975 <laughs> Hawkwind were a space rock band whose purpose was to put you in a trance through their repetitive rips, rips, <laughs> through their repetitive riffs and onstage strobe lights. Yes, space rock. Space rock. I love it. <laughs> they mostly sang about sci-fi themes, and they even employed a woman named Stacia that would appear on stage dressed as an alien goddess. Usually topless. So honestly, that could have been a lot of their appeal. Yeah, probably. Is the naked chick on stage, like, writhing. Um, yeah. In the 70s? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Hawkwind became incredibly influential, not only to later prog rock bands, but also, interestingly, proto-punk bands. Okay. So odd. Okay. Really? But, yeah. Huh. And you know what? They were actually pretty good. All right. I trust you. Lemmy got the gig through the band's keyboard as Dick Mick. Stop it. That's not a real name. I mean, it's his nickname. But... Is, this, is this real name like Richard Mickelson's? Yeah, something like Oh my God, of course, Dick Mick. Yeah. Oh my God, I want to make friends with a guy named Richard Mickelson. And, like, and call him Dick Mick. And it's spelled D-I-K-M-I-K. Yeah. How else are you going to spell Dick Mick? I'm sorry, was there another somebody, spelling for Dick Mick? Somebody was on some space rock drugs when they were like, nah, call me Dick Mick, but like, leave out the C's, man. Um, also, can you start calling me Dick Mick? <laughs> uh, but yeah, Dick Mick was a friend that often joined Lemmy on his drug escapades. The two were at a show at Notting Hill Gate, and Hawkwind's bassist didn't show up. 
Dick Mick convinced Lemmy to fill in on bass, despite the fact that he never played bass a day in his life. He wanted to be the band's second guitarist, but after that show, bassist and vocalist was his permanent slot. Okay, but at least he got vocals. He got vocals, yeah. So that's, that's a win. No, you know what? Bassist is a win, too. Fuck you. It is. Yeah. Let Both me throw a, a fucking amazing bassist. Bass- I'm, I'm going to bass- get to it. I'm going to get to it. I really think this trial by fire is how we ki- how he kind of stumbled into his own way of playing bass. He didn't know how to play it before he was literally thrown a bass and shoved on stage with zero knowledge of what to do. Mm-hmm. So he just kind of played it like he played guitar and it turned into his style. But like, I feel like the best bassists, some of them are the bassists that just get thrown into it and you're yeah. like, I just got to make it up. I'm gonna. They're the ones that make up their own style. Like Peter Hook from Joy Division slash mm-hmm. New Order. Mm-hmm. He didn't know how to fucking play the bass, and he just did whatever. And they had like both bands have such a intriguing bass sound because of that. Did he also come from a guitar background? No, he just oh. didn't know how to play, and he just <laughs> taught himself. Huh, and like, if you remember from our Joy Division episode, um, like none of them really knew how to play. They just fucking just played what sounded just good did it. and they just did it but sometimes that's the best and the same with lemmy so yeah, yeah he knew how to play guitar and so he just took his guitar technique and made it into his bass technique but i mean i think the same was kind of for like getty lee yep and even for um steve from steve steve from huh? iron maiden <laughs> steve harris yes. yeah i just like, called him steve hey steve hey steve <laughs> Like you know they, what I'm talking about? Yeah, I feel like they all just got thrown into their positions, and it's like, well, I'm just gonna do something. This sounds cool, right? And everyone's like, actually, yeah, that sounds really actually, fucking cool. that's pretty cool. fucking badass. So yeah, Can keep doing that. Can you please keep doing Yes, that's great. Yeah. So now, earlier when I said drug escapades. Drugscapades. Drugscapades. I mean, Lemmy and his bandmates ingested so many illegal substances that it's a miracle they didn't turn themselves inside out. That's fair. On one occasion, he and Dick Mick spent three days <laughs> taking a stimulant called Dexedrine. Then they took a depressant called Mandrax. Then they snorted coke and shared eight black beauties, which are all uppers. Are and- these motherfuckers at Hogwarts? Like, what are these things they're taking? Mandrakes and black Mandrakes beauties? Mandrakes and black beauties. <laughs> Jesus. All right. We're taking some raw Hogwarts drugs up in here. <laughs> Inspecto your drug stash. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, they they took all of these drugs within a three day bender, and then they played one of the best shows Hawkwind ever had. The best shows Hogwarts had ever seen. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of what I thought you were gonna say. <laughs> fucking weird names. They're Hogwarts now. It's fucking Hogwarts. So yeah, he spent four years at Hogwarts. Oh my god. He was a prefect one year. He <laughs> really did so was. good. Uh, yeah, traveling around the world with the band. Ironically, the end of his tenure came because of drugs. What? It started in May 1975 when the band was touring the U.S. They were traveling from Niles, Michigan to Detroit and stopped to stretch their legs and get some yum-yums for the road. Ooh, yum-yums. Yum-yums. Mm. Lemmy loves yum-yums. Yep. He just, he grabs himself like a box of Pocky. <laughs> Maybe like a Diet Coke. 
No, it was one of those Japanese sodas where you push the ball into Ramune. the Ramune. Yeah. He gets, he gets himself some pake and some Ramune. <laughs> he only eats Japanese snacks. Oh <laughs> okay, so now uh, I want the fan art to be Lemmy <laughs> on a horse while he's eating pake. Baby Lemmy. Ba- Chibi Lemmy on a horse eating pake. With the horse kicking his dad in the nads. Yes, please and thank you. <laughs> But yeah, they stopped for yum yums, but Lemmy wasn't hungry. Mm. So he walked around the area snapping pictures with his new camera. Ooh. Before he knew it, someone conked him over the head and he <gasps> passed out. The attacker making off with his new camera and Aww. all his money. He finally came to, only to realize his bandmates had taken off to Detroit without <gasps> him. Wait, do, like, did they just not realize? The guy was, one of the members of the band was just like, yeah, we didn't know where he went, so he left. Like, no, you you look you for him. For, oh, my God. He got mugged. Yes. You're yes. bad friends. My terrible friends. Go fuck yourselves. Yeah. He hitchhiked to Detroit, took a two-hour nap in his hotel room, and then played the show. Good sport, because Prob- I would have lost yeah. my shit I, on that He band. probably didn't do it happily. The next day, the band was off to Canada. Except, Lemmy got busted at the border for having drugs down his pants. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious, but it is. He was thrown in the slammer for a few days, finally released after his charges were dropped. Apparently, he had amphetamines down his pants, but the cops charged him for possession of cocaine. So that was the cops mess up and they had to let him go. That's cops mess up. You cops need judge up. to fix that shit, though. <laughs> and they did. And they and let they him did. go. Hawkwind had to cancel some shows because of Lemmy being in jail. And once he finally got out and met up with his bandmates... They gave him the news on account of his bad behavior and the fact that he liked uppers when the rest of the band liked psychedelics. He was out, Sville. Okay. Yeah. I've got problems. Oh, first yeah. of all, first of all, you fucking left him yeah. after he got fucking mugged, which isn't his fucking fault. You forced him to be late for the show. Like, you're the assholes in that scenario. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Oh, I like uppers. I like to be happy when you like psychedelics. Like I'm that's, sorry, that's we're on discri- tour, and this is like debilitatingly tiring. So I'm going to use uppers also to as, get through this shit. As an extrovert, triggered. Fuck you. Oh, so Lemmy likes to go out there and have a good time while you are all like, <laughs> oh man, have you ever thought of space though? Like, fuck I, you. I'm really sorry that Lemmy's fucking more ladies than you are, but like, that's and also, no reason to be jelly. Let's have a hot minute of a talk. Young Lemmy? Mm-hmm. Like, boy could get it. Yeah. Even with the fucked up teeth, man. Oh, I think it was the mole and the fucked up teeth. I didn't even care. I'm here, I'm here for it. Here for it. I'd fuck that man. I would sit on that face <laughs> in a yeah. heartbeat. Yep. So, like, I'm sorry, bandmates, that you're jealous of your cool, fun, attractive bandmate. They probably were really jealous. They had he to was, be jealous. He was way more attractive than the rest of and them he were. seems like way more fun. Uh, we all want to do psychedelics, but like, you want to have fun. They all just want to sit in their beanbag and trip for oh, two days They want to trip and they probably want to fucking listen to no, Grateful he Dead. No, wa- he wants to do coke and uppers and clean that fucking house. Oh my god, I would have had a great time with Lemmy. Are you kidding me? Can you imagine? Me and Lemmy being best friends, doing the uppers and cleaning the house. house. (laughs) God, but we would. We would do uppers and we would clean the house and do a bunch of karaoke and it would be great. 
That would be wonderful. And then we can just chill out when you're coming down off and of it and play, s- play the slots game. Yeah. Oh, you do the Fleetwood Mac thing where you're a little too high, so you so drink, you drink a little ca- Jack con- and Coke. Little, well, I would probably go with the cognac. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A little cognac. Bring myself down. I would yep. have had a great time with Lemmy. Yeah. Fuck his bandmates. Been, like, let me introduce you to the Fleetwood Mac. Let me introduce you to the Fleetwood Mac method. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it would have been great. It would have been great. No. Frankly, it was for the best that he got kicked out because what Lemmy would do next would change rock and roll forever. I'm sorry, what was his former band's name? Hawkwind. Um, where did Hawkwind go? To England. Mm. <laughs> Good job, Hawkwind. went on so many trips in their minds, okay? And that's the real reward. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? Sure. <laughs> Lemmy wanted to put together a band that was so loud, so raucous, and in your face that, quote, if we move next door to you, your lawn will die. <laughs> I love it. He originally wanted to name the band Bastard, but someone correctly pointed out that he'd never be on top of the pops with a name like that. Hey, you never be on top of the pops with a name like Bastard, <laughs> will you? Instead, he went with Motorhead, named after the last song he wrote for Hawkwind. Motorhead wasn't someone who's crazy for auto mechanics. <laughs> no, this was a term used for a speed freak. Yeah. It's fitting because Motorhead's music would become the precursor and main influence for speed metal and thrash. Of course. He recruited guitarist Gary Wallace and drummer Lucas Fox. By 1976, both were replaced with Fast Eddie Clark on guitar (laughs) and Phil Filthy Animal Taylor on drums. Please tell me filthy was spelled. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, it was. (laughs) Don't even say Phil then. Just call yourself Filthy Animal. Yeah. Everybody called him Filthy Animal. Good. Yeah. Gross. Good. <laughs> or or just called him Filthy. I'm sorry. Was the original guitarist not fast enough, so we had to get somebody whose name had fast in it? Yep. Okay. Cool. <laughs> the band played shows around the UK and gained a decent fan base. Audiences were immediately stricken by the sight of these guys, clad in leather and chains and bullet belts and Lemmy's playing style. I'm sorry. So they wanted to sit on their faces. That's why they were so taken. Yeah. Okay, cool. They just had their dicks out, like... And snatches. Dicks and snatches dicks everywhere. And snatches. Fields of dicks and snatches. Yeah. Ready to sit <laughs> on their faces. Ready to sit on Lemmy's face. Mm, yes. <laughs> he only played Rickenbacker basses, and he played it hard and fast like a distorted guitar. Nice. He received curious stares at his microphone, too, perched on high, so he had to tilt his head up to sing into it. Which nobody did. Okay. I mean, sure. But it looked fucking cool. You know what? I never really noticed, but now I have to go back and look. Yeah. His microphone was like super tall and tilted down. So he had to tilt his head up to sing into it. And people fucking loved it. It was loud and angry like metal, but fast and simple like punk, appealing to so many across various genres. Mm. They had a contract with United Artists, but the label dicked them around, refusing to release their material. Oh, you don't say. Labels dicking somebody around. That doesn't sound right. No, never. By 1977, the band had had enough. They were penniless and squatting at friends' houses. Their label was refusing to release any music they made, and the guys were at each other's throats. 
So they decided to call it quits, but wanted to record their last show ever for posterity's sake. The band couldn't afford the venue's fee to record the show, so Lemmy's friend Ted Carroll, a rep for the fledgling Chiswick Records, offered the band's studio time to record a single instead. Hmm. And instead of recording just one song, they recorded 11 rough tracks. Oh, shit. With a little more time in another studio, they managed to pull together a 13-track album. Jesus. Like, we're going to do a live album. JK, we're going to do a single. JK, here's an entire LP. Enjoy it. (laughs) Hey, take advantage while you're given the opportunity. You're not wrong. Yeah. Chiswick pulled through where United Artists didn't and released Motorhead's first single, called Motorhead, in June 1977, followed by their first album, titled Kenyan Guess. Is it Motorhead? It's Motorhead. It's Motorhead. It's Motorhead very- by Motorhead off of Motorhead. Oh, my God. It's super bad company right now. Oh, my God. It's so bad company. Yeah. It is not big country. It's bad company. It's bad company territory. Uh, but the album Motorhead was released in August of 77. It did pretty darn well, too, reaching number 43 on the UK album charts. That is really good for an, like theoretically unknown band because they haven't had a release before exactly and these are rough tracks these aren't even super polished no they when they went into the studio the second time they polished everything oh okay nice either way like that's still really impressive on the cover was the very first appearance of the motorhead war pig also sometimes referenced as snaggletooth Much like Iron Maiden's Eddie or Megadeth's Vic Rattlehead, the War Pig (laughs) would become synonymous with Motorhead. And it was designed by Joe Patagno, who also designed the Swan Song Records logo for Led Zeppelin. Oh, shit. Yeah. Is that Icarus? Yes. The guy with the wings? Yes. Yeah. War Pig is supposed to be a combination of bear, wolf, and dog skulls with boar tusks, also wearing a helmet and chains. The spike on the helmet originally had a swastika on it, but future pressings of the album omit the swastika. Which, now that I brought it up, is a good time to talk about Lemmy's penchant for Nazi memorabilia. Okay. Let's have a conversation about Nazis. Let's have a conversation about that. Welcome to Nazi Corner. (laughs) No, we have to corner. We have to play the Benny Hill montage. (laughs) Just nope. Nazis. Nazis. Ugh. First and foremost, no, Lemmy was not a Nazi. Nor was he a Nazi sympathizer, which was, he was very much not a racist, nor was he supportive of Nazi culture at all. Never struck me to be any of those things. But to some people, he was because of missteps that he made (laughs) that made it very apparent that he liked Nazi regalia and stuff like that. What Lemmy was, however, was a lover of World War One and World War II history. Okay. He doesn't speak romantically of Hitler or Stalin or even FDR for that matter. Oh. He hated them all equally and understood the gravity of all of their actions. I mean, what did FDR do wrong? Uh, he had polio. That didn't make him, like, No, it didn't. Infallible. But he also did create the New Deal, which was... Kind of crucial for he was also elected economic. president three times because he was really good. I'm sure that there are plenty of things you can find fault for, especially when it comes to World War Two. 
I'm going to leave that for Lemmy. He also was really gross and cheated on his wife a lot. Oh, yeah. But also, Eleanor was his cousin, so. This is a lot to unpack. There's a lot. That has nothing to do with Lemmy. We're going to leave that there. We're going to leave that slightly open package over in the corner. Do what you will with it, kids. That's a half-eaten bag of Crunch Nuts. (laughs) We definitely left that bag of Crunch Nuts for you guys to finish. (laughs) It just so happened that he thought Nazis had way cooler stuff. He thought they had pretty snazzy outfits and badass weapons compared to the English. I mean, he's not, maybe? He's not entirely wrong, but like, I've seen some pretty badass English uniforms too, so. But I, mean, I don't know what about like the Americans or the Italians or the Japanese. Right, right. I mean. Although the Italians and the Japanese were both I don't in the know. Axis, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oopsie doopsie. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's hard to tell how much memorabilia Lemmy accumulated over his lifetime, but it's safe to say that literally every square inch of that man's two-bedroom apartment in L.A. was filled with it. That's awkward. Yeah. That is, I feel like that's an awkward scene to walk into. Yeah. (laughs) I guess depending on who you are, but yeah. I would feel awkward. I would just be like, what? You got so much Nazi stuff? You're, you're, yeah, yeah, you're better than me. I would be like, oh, this is awkward. Yeah, and uh, depending on what his explanation would be, if it was unsatisfactory, I would sit and have a nice cup of tea and then be like, well, I gotta go. Yeah. And for the record, he also collected stuff from all the Axis powers. All right, now this is getting weird. Yeah. He did, but wait, it was the Axis powers and the... The Allies and the Axis. Allies, yeah. I bet he probably had stuff from the Allies, too, You're just but... saying that. I am just saying that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he did collect stuff from Mussolini. Okay. So. Ooh, so he probably did have Japanese uh, stuff, too, and probably. Italian stuff, and German but it was, stuff. But it was mostly German stuff. Yeah. Still not looking great. It does not look great to most people. And I... Fully understand that anybody who is a direct line from people that were at Auschwitz or were involved in the Holocaust right. probably do not look at that favorably. And that is and that is so justifiable. Absolutely. Beyond justifiable. Yeah. Yeah. I would justify that before I would justify Lemmy's collection. Yeah. Agreed. This is an awkward part of the conversation. Yeah. But I also understand where Lemmy is coming from, although I don't necessarily condone it. He is like you know your I mean? weird uncle who, like, you can't read. You can talk to him because, like, he's cool enough, right, where he'll yeah. listen to you and take you seriously and have an intelligent conversation with you. But also some of his beliefs are like, but I think you're better than this. Yeah. It's like you can say I had this really insightful conversation with my crazy uncle but he still collects Nazi memorabilia. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's always the caveat that he collects Nazi memorabilia. And you're like, I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. And I guess the answer is you don't do anything. You can't do anything. I mean, he never, he was not a white supremacist. Right. He didn't try, he didn't collect weapons to try and use them on people. Right. He never. He's never, you've never seen him be like outwardly racist or terrible yeah, to somebody based on race, religion, sexuality. And so like, it's like. And he's not 
pressing his views on anybody else. So like, what do you do? What do you do? You do nothing. You can't do anything you because he's shit. not hurting anybody. Right? Even he's though keeping you it... feel so awkward. Yeah. <laughs> Extremely awkward. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah. Motorhead then embarked on their first tour called the Beyond the Threshold of Pain Tour. Oh, jeez. Aptly titled, considering right before the tour, Phil Taylor punched a guy in the face over a girl and broke his knuckles. He had to tape the drumsticks to his hands <gasps> in order to play. Oh, my God. But Motorhead continued. That's pretty metal, though. Hold it's on. It's very fucking metal. That's so metal. Yeah. Even though Lemmy insisted that Motorhead was not metal. No, you're metal. And that's fine. I get where he's coming from. No, I, I... But at the same time, you're the precursor for a lot of fucking metal. And, like, also, you collected Nazi memorabilia. I get to say what I want about your <laughs> yeah. genre of music, Lemmy. <laughs> Let me have this. Fair. Let me have this. <laughs> Let me have this till Friday. Just till Friday. Fair enough. Motorhead continued to record singles for Bronze Records in 1978, releasing a cover of Louie Louie and performing for the first of many times on Top of the Pops. Oh, on Top of the Pops, eh? Top of the Pops. We're on Top of the Pops. Okay, that's enough of that. Is it? (laughs) It's not. It's not the last of it. (laughs) It's not at all. They capitalized on their newfound popularity and released two albums in 1979, Overkill and Bomber. Overkill, for one, is a fucking amazing album. You're right, though. Damage Case, No Class, I'll Be Your Sister, Metropolis, they're Mm. all classic Motorhead. That album was an unexpected success, so they tried to keep the ball rolling with Bomber. Hmm. It worked, but recording Bomber was a pain in the ass. Because that's too much recording in a too short amount of time. Yes, but yeah. this is what they did in the 70s. Yep. You want two full fucking albums in one year? Sure. I feel like we've covered this several times before. Yes, yes we have. Weird. They worked with legendary producer Jimmy Miller, who at the time had a heroin problem so bad that even the Rolling Stones couldn't handle it and kicked him out of their recording sessions. Think about that. I am. And it hurts and, your brain. And I hate it. <laughs> it hurts your brain a little bit. The band immediately followed up with the iconic album Ace of Spades. Yup. The Ace of Spades single was released on October 27th, 1980, with the album following in September. This became the definitive Motorhead anthem. Even if you don't know Motorhead's discography at all, you probably know Ace of Spades. The minute Ashley said Ace of Spades, all of your brains. The Ace of Spades. All of your brains did that collectively. You're welcome. The song brought Motorhead into the spotlight. Mm -hmm. It was something people hadn't heard before. Their sound, their look, it was completely different than anything else out there. Motorhead is truly the point on the map where all the different rock subgenres can trace the roots back to. Yeah. Fuck Elvis. Fuck the Rolling Stones. Fuck the Beatles. Motorhead is the true influencer. They are the... And hold on. I do still want to give Judas Priest their due because I think they play a big part too. I would say Judas Priest and Motorhead are the speed bump Mm -hmm. into from the 70s to the 80s. So the only difference is I would say um, sonically Motorhead has more of an influence on punk Ooh, than right. Judas Priest would. Yeah, you're right, you're right. But I'm fashion talking, wise, 
Oh, yeah. Judas, Judas Priest. Priest to everyone. Yeah, Rob Helford definitely <laughs> influenced Y'all are punk. dressing like gay men, and I'm here for it. That's great. I'm so fucking here for it. <laughs> um, Yeah, no, but you're 100% right, and I 100% agree with you that Motorhead is that, is you can see exactly where. Motorhead is the trunk of like the, the tree. Like the prism. And the branches are all the different genres that came from yeah, Motorhead. Yeah. It's like that prism that you put in front of the light. Yeah. So Motorhead's that prism, and then like all the rainbow color comes mm-hmm. into all the fucking different genres. I like my analogy better, but I get what you're saying. Oh my god, I hate you! <laughs> Why are we friends? <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying, Maggie. <laughs> Hashtag just saying. The Ace of Spades! <laughs> Win some, lose some. It's all the same to me. Sorry, I can't not finish it. Right? Thank you. Yeah. Okay. okay. Anyway. Anyway. They had planned on going on tour in 1980 to support Ace of Spades, but leave it to Filthy Animal to fuck it up again. Again? Again. This time, he let a friend lift him over his head to test his strength, and the friend promptly dropped him on his head and broke his neck. <gasps> Fucking idiot. Oh my god, I don't I don't know how to feel about this because I'm laughing, but I'm terrified. Yeah. I'm laughing, but I'm terrified. Like you need to look up videos of Phil because he was just he was literally animal from the Muppets. He was just bonkers. So this totally checks for him. Oh my god. Why? They canceled the tour so Phil could heal. Then they went on a short UK tour, aptly titled the Short, Sharp, Pain in the Neck Tour. <laughs> Lemmy was a funny guy. He was a funny guy. You right. Oh, well, Ace of Spades did pretty well in the UK charts. Their first number one album was a live album called No Sleep Till Hammersmith. They embarked- Wait, when did this come out? Oh, boy. 1980 oh, wait, or Yeah, wait. Right? Didn't- This Beastie Boys took No Sleep Till Brooklyn- from No Sleep Till Hammersmith. Yeah. Yeah. So this came out in 80 or 81. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Wow. I did the Beastie Boys episode. You'd think I'd remember that. I didn't. <laughs> See, even the fucking Beastie Boys were influenced by Motorhead. I'm telling you, it's the prism. Crazy. It's a tree. It's a prism. The tree of life. The prism of There's Jack everything. Daniels running through the veins of that tree. You can pour Jack Daniels on a prism. <laughs> You just end up with a wet prism. Well, you just end up with a drunk tree. (laughs) (sighs) Both are great. They embarked on a U.S. tour with Blizzard of Oz, but went right back into the... Sorry. I I knew you were going to laugh at that. Sorry, what's her name? Blizzard of Oz. It was Ozzy's first attempt at a solo career. Wait, I didn't... You don't know Blizzard of Oz? I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I don't know Blizzard of Oz. Oh, I'm going to have to play it for you. I have it on vital. I'm going to have to fucking play it for you. It's literally called Blizzard of Oz. Oh, my God. There's so many things wrong with that. (laughs) Anyway, but after they toured with Blizzard of Oz, (laughs) they went right back into the studio to record 1982's Iron Fist. There was a lot of tension surrounding the recording of this album, and it would be the last to feature the classic Lemmy Clark Taylor lineup. Oh, because did Phil get hurt again? (laughs) No. Wow. Question mark. They tried to mix things up for the... 
for the Iron Fist tour, but it just taught them not to fix shit that ain't broke. That's fair. Up until now, they had been using what was called the bomber lighting rig at their shows. It was a lighting rig literally in the shape of an airplane that was suspended from the ceiling. It was cool and was a staple at their shows, but they wanted something a little fresher. So they tried making a giant fist that would lower from the ceiling. (laughs) The fingers would open and out pop the band. And in true, this is Spinal Tap fashion. Stop. The rig malfunctioned during the first because, of course, it did during the first show of the tour, making a rude gesture at the audience and forcing the band to have to climb down off of it to get to the stage. It It came out as a middle finger. Yeah. First of all, I would love that if I were there. That'd be hilarious. I would fucking love that. Eventually, the bomber plane made its way back to the Motorhead shows. Good idea. In the meantime, problems were simmering between Lemmy and Eddie. Fast Eddie. Hmm. It culminated- Was he too fast? Lo- too furious? <laughs> he was Vin Diesel. Oh my- no, Undercover. The other one that nobody Paul likes. Paul Walker? No, he is dead. We the are Rock? not going to- I don't know. I've never watched a Fast and Furious movie. The other one that nobody- Nobody likes anybody in those movies. I don't know. Charlize Theron? Is she in those? She's in the last one. All right. I I don't know. She's fine. I don't know. If you watch Fast and Furious, help me with this analogy. Who's the one that nobody likes? Isn't there one? Who's the guy in those movies? (laughs) Wow. He's the British guy who's bald. And he was in like the the action movies. Jason Statham? That's his name. The Transporter? That's the movies. Yeah. I don't think he was in Fast and Furious. Did I make there that up? There is only one room for one bald man in the Fast and Furious, well, and Vin it Diesel? is Vin fucking Diesel. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I believe you might be thinking of the Italian job. <laughs> sure. That's a movie, right? Is he in that movie? <laughs> oh my God. Welcome to Rock Candy. We don't talk about movies. This, this is why. <laughs> That's why. Okay. Anyway, where yes. am I? I don't know. Uh, airplane oh, yeah. came back. So, Fast Eddie. So problems were simmering with Lemmy and Fast Eddie. It culminated in Eddie's departure, and it was all because of Wendy O. Williams. Yes. Lemmy decided that Motorhead and the Plasmatics were going to collaborate, recording an EP that included a cover of Tammy Wynette's Stand By Your Man. Which is an amazing cover, and we've heard it, and it's I love it. Nobody likes this song. Oh, <laughs> everyone hates it. I like it just because it's Wendy and, and Lemmy. Lemmy. I thought that's why we liked it. That's why I love it. But oh. if you really sit down and listen to it, it's not a good song. No, but like, but it's Wendy and Lemmy. Yeah, it's it's exactly okay. what you expect to get from a Lemmy and Wendy right. Like I wasn't expecting a good song. I just no. wanted to hear Wendy and Lemmy. It's literally two people just going. That's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly what everybody Lendy. expected. Yeah. Lemdy. 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 Wendy and Lemmy is Lemdy. Lemdy O'Killiams. Oh, I like that. You did a good job. There you go. Yeah. I almost fucked it up, but I got it. You got it. Anyway, Eddie refused to play on the record, but agreed to produce during the recording is session. He not merciful. <laughs> Real Commodus over here. During the recording sessions, Wendy couldn't get in tune and had trouble landing her parts, which annoyed him. Not playing on the album also annoyed him. Basically, but he made that choice. Yeah. Basically, everything pissed him off. 
And after he and Lemmy exchanged some harsh words, Eddie quit. Fuck Eddie. And quitting was something Eddie did every couple of months, so it wasn't a surprise. But this time, Lemmy and Phil didn't ask him to come back. Yeah, fuck Eddie. Yeah. Instead, the band hired Brian Robertson, former guitarist of Thin Lizzy, to replace Eddie. Phil was a huge Thin Lizzy fan and pressured Lemmy into hiring him. And they were pretty hard up for a guitarist with a tour looming overhead, so he agreed. Okay. From the start, Brian Robertson did not fit in with the band. Oh. On stage, Lemmy and Phil would come out in their leather and bullet belts, real metal looking. Yeah. And Phil would come out wearing satin shorts and sandals and terry cloth headbands like he was coming straight out of a Dire Straits video. Wait a minute. The guy, wait. Brian (laughs) is from... Brian was from Thin Lizzy. And he was down with the metal look. No, he was not. Oh, because you said Phil came out with satin shorts. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I wrote my notes wrong. This is why I got really confused. I'm like, wait, did Phil just change his like no. whole tune? He's like, I want you to hire no. Thin Lizzy and no. I want to do everything backwards. No, Lemmy and Phil were real metal looking, but Brian Robertson came out in the satin shorts and the sandals and the headband. Is that what Thin Lizzy used to wear? No, not at all. So was Brian just thinking this was an easygoing retirement gig? This was just like what people were wearing at the time. Like, think of a Dire Straits video, not the I Want My MTV one. Right, 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 right. But one where they're actually playing. Like, this is the outfits that they would wear. I guess. This is also, you're in fucking Motorhead. Yeah, he didn't give a shit. Dress for the job you want, (laughs) motherfucker. (laughs) Maybe he didn't want the job. I don't know. Oh, shit. Brian, you're not. I mean, you're from Thin Lizzy in respect, but also, like, Motorhead. Yeah, you're in Motorhead. Come on. Look the part. Look the part or pay the price. I was going to say that, but I didn't, and then you said it. I got you. Brian Robertson didn't stay long. He well, remained, you don't say. He remained in the band through the recording of 1983's Another Perfect Day, which was apparently fucking torture. For him? For, for, e- everyone? for everyone. Oh, good. The album didn't do well and thoroughly confused critics and fans alike. After mm. the subsequent tour ended, Brian left. They held auditions to replace him. But couldn't choose between two guitarists, Phil Campbell and a guy named Wurzel. I mean, you should pick Wurzel because you already have a Phil and that's too many Phils to many another Phil. Yeah. But they ended up taking them both. Okay. I mean, like, you could also have a rhythm and a lead. Yeah. All right. But just as they solidified a new lineup, Phil Taylor left the band in 1984, thinking his fame and fortune laid with Brian Robertson and the satin shorts. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, he just left. What? Yeah. Spoiler, it didn't lie with Brian Robertson. You don't say. Phil was briefly replaced by Pete Gill of the band Saxon before rejoining in 1987. I'm real sorry, guys. I would like to join again. I didn't mean to leave. (laughs) Sniveling with his dick between his legs. He's filthy. just holding it in presentation. Are you really a filthy animal or are you just a filthy asshole? I'm just a filthy bitch. Ooh, girl. No, he's actually a really good uh, drummer. And I mean, I'm sure he's a great drummer. I'm just not saying, the like, smartest person ever, but, you know. He's dumb Phil. He learned. He, he learned. came back. All right. But yeah, 1984 was turning out to be a crazy year. 
as it was also when Bronze Records started acting shady. They decided Motorhead wasn't worth their time anymore since we were in the middle of hairband mania. So they did what every record label would do when they decide a band is dead. They released a greatest hits album. No! No! (laughs) Lemmy's mama didn't raise no fool. He knew what they were up to. Oh, damn. As soon as he heard about the record, he took over the project, personally selecting all the tracks, plus insisting the band record four new songs to be included. Oh, four. You don't hear that shit on a greatest hits album. Yeah. No Remorse was released in September 1984, and the single Killed by Death did reasonably yep. well on the charts, though it would become a stable at their sh- staple at their shows. It's a pretty solid jam. It's a good one. Yeah. Everyone was like, Killed by Death? That's so stupid. No, it's it supposed is stupid, to be but funny. It's still catchy. Right. It's supposed to be funny. Yeah, like you kind of have a... <laughs> That's stupid, but I'm sure they meant it to be stupid. Exactly. <laughs> he knew what he was doing. Yeah. Lemmy's no fool. Yeah. For the next two years, Motorhead were involved in a court case against Bronze Records, in which they claimed Bronze was not promoting them properly. As a result, Bronze banned them from entering any recording studio. Mm. Yeah. Instead, they toured relentlessly for the next couple of years, as it was the only way for them to get any income. And the lawsuit was eventually settled in the band's favor... And they immediately went into the studio to record their next album, Orgasmatron, which was released on August 9th, 1986. Okay. This time it was released on their own label, GWR. What does GWR stand for? It was like Great Western Route, Great Western Road. It was the name of the street that the like head of the record label lived on. Oh, shit. Okay. The title has nothing to do with orgasms or anything like that. Uh. In fact, it's a commentary on the hypocrisy of religion, politics, and war. Okay. And Lemmy was saying that these three things are like orgasm machines for people. It makes no sense how people get so worked up to the point of splooging all over dumb things like church and elections and shooting people, which is extremely apropos right now. Yeah. No, that still still fits. Thanks, Lemmy. The band dipped into the Joe Patagno well again for the album's cover. This time he came up with the idea of putting the war pig face on the front of a train. It seems incongruous considering the album was called Orgasmatron, but that's because it was originally titled Riding with the Driver. Uh. At the time, Lemmy was living on a houseboat, and I really hope he was like docked next to John McPhee from oh Fleetwood Mac. Oh my god, can you imagine? Just like in the morning they wake up like, I, I, I doing this morning? I'm doing just fine, how you doing? I just picture Lemmy just living on this houseboat and just constantly wearing the shortest shorts known to man. Oh, yup. Because apparently he really liked short fucking shorts. <laughs> so I just picture him in like the shortest Daisy Dukes ever. And just John like, McPhee just comes out in his like tidy whiteies. I could see you both. I could see your bowls. <laughs> they both clank their drinks together at 830 in the morning. Oh, and- <laughs> good for them. Hey, you want, you want some uppers? Hey, you know, some uppers. Yeah, you want some cognac? And you know, some cognac. Nah, I ain't got Jack Daniels. <laughs> but yeah, so he was living on a houseboat, and he was really into model trains at the time. That's, this is like the nerdiest shit I've ever heard, and I love it. And all I can think of is a mighty wind. 
the movie. Oh. <laughs> with Jennifer Coolidge talking about model trains. Yes. Thank God for the model trains. Or else how would we have gotten the big trains? So yeah, he told Joe to drop something with a train on it. So he did. Because <laughs> he really liked model I really like trains. trains. It's so cute. That's really cute. The band released the album Rock and Roll in 1987, but considering their crazy schedule, which included touring, appearing in the movie Eat the Rich, and dealing with Peter Gill's departure and Phil's re-entrance, they literally pieced the album together and shoved it out the door. Oh, shit. But also, we should be eating the rich. We should be. I mean, yeah. Nom, nom, nom. Watch yum, it yums. 1%. Those are the yum-yums you want to They nom, are nom. the yum-yums. Yeah. In the meantime, let me move to good old West Hollywood, just two blocks from his absolute favorite hangout spot and second home, the infamous Rainbow Bar and Grill. Yep. He got himself a modest two-bedroom apartment that over the years became quite the hoarder's paradise. Oh, so many model trains. Hold on. How long did he live there? He moved there in 1990. He lived there for 25 years Oh, in the same apartment for 25 years. All right. Yeah. It wasn't just filled with war memorabilia. It was full of knickknacks and stuff fans had given him over the years. And Aww. yes, lots of trash. Oh, like just trash trash? He was a legit fucking hoarder. Oh, he could have been on Celebrity Hoarders. Yes. If that were a thing, which oh, it yes. should be a thing. Why is that not a thing? Because he died and he might be the only one. I, I don't know. doubt he's the only one. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. It was a tiny apartment. There was a lot of fucking shit in it. He could have just gotten a house. He could have, but the reason he stayed in that apartment for so long was because it was literally two blocks from Rainbow. <laughs> and that's okay. where he spent all of his time if all he right. wasn't touring or in the studio. All right. Yeah. He does, he does him. Yeah. But he spent so much time at the Rainbow that it didn't really matter how cluttered his apartment was. He even had his own corner of the bar, and the owner installed an electronic slots game just for Lemmy. Oh, you weren't kidding. I was not kidding. He is the old man at the corner of the bar playing the slots game. Wow. (laughs) He didn't care about the state of his apartment. He liked living alone, and that meant he could live however he wanted. All right, he's right. As long as he had his collection of Nazi sabers and video games and a shelf of Jack Daniels, he was happy. I'm so, co- I'm so like, just torn about all of this. Yeah. I feel about Lemmy the same way I felt about Peter Steele when we did yeah. the typo negative episode. Weird uncle. Weird uncle. You get in fights with him, but... At the end of the day, you still love him. Right? Like, you're like, I know you're wrong, but I don't think you want to hurt anybody. Yeah. And I'd still sit on your face. <laughs> I don't feel like that about an uncle. I That's that's separate. Yeah, that's separate. That's different. We That is far removed from what That we're is very about. far. That's like in another neighborhood. Yeah. Possibly state. <laughs> Definitely state. Yeah. The same year Lemmy moved to the States, the band went into the studio to record a new album, Producer Ed Stasium got so fed up with Lemmy's drinking that he quit. Oh, shit. Which was just fine with Lemmy after he found out Ed was sneaking tambourines and shit into their tracks, which is a fucking no-no. Do not fucking put no jangle frisbees on my goddamn tracks, eh? Fucking jangle frisbee your face. I mean, I will jangle frisbee your face, though. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They 
released the album 1916 in January 1991 to critical success. 1916 was the first Motorhead album to be nominated for a Grammy. Oh, shit. Also in 1991, Lemmy took a little break from Motorhead and wrote a few songs for a dear friend. That friend happened to be Ozzy Osbourne, who was recording his solo album No More Tears. Hmm. Lemmy wrote four songs for the Prince of Darkness, including Mama, I'm Coming Home. Oh, shit. And Hellraiser. He said he made more money from those four songs than he did in the 15 years he'd been in Motorhead at that point. Oh, shit. Yeah. I'm going to take that. It's kind of crazy he wrote Mama, I'm Coming Home. That's it's also, pretty... It's also, all of it's cr- pretty nuts. Yeah. Back in the studio while recording for Motorhead, Lemmy started to realize Phil was just not working out anymore. Again. Again. <laughs> Part two. <laughs> it was obvious to Lemmy that Phil's skills weren't up to snuff anymore. Whether it was drugs or alcohol taking its toll on him or just lack of practice, he just wasn't pulling his weight and Lemmy fired him. Yeah. This happened in the middle of recording their next album, March or Die. This meant that the album actually had three different drummers on it. Wow. Phil, another prolific rock drummer named Tommy Aldridge, who was recruited only for the recording, and Mickey D. At the time... Mickey D's? Mickey D. It's just a, it's just a fry man. <laughs> he just fries fries and mozzarella sticks. Like, he's just... He plays a fry guitar. A fry tar. <laughs> a fry tar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's a giant mozzarella stick. Oh, God, that sounds delicious. What's a mozzarella stick? Always. Guys. At the time, Mickey was most notable for playing with King Diamond after he broke from Merciful Fate. Nice. Mickey's first show in Motorhead was at none other than Saratoga Performing Arts Center here in our little capital region area in New York. SPAC! SPAC! Wow, we live here. Yeah. Except fuck Saratoga. Yeah, also. Fight us, Saratoga listeners. You're not gonna. You're gonna pay somebody else to fight us because you're boozy at bougie and rich. Yeah. You guys all have a lot more money than we do. It's fine. Whatever. Nineteen ninety five saw the departure departure of Wurzel, presumably to work on solo stuff. He was also, like, getting pretty fucking tired of Lemmy. <laughs> and Aww. in order to preserve their friendship, he was like, yeah, I gotta go. Oh. Yeah, the band didn't try to replace him. And although there, were tension, there was tension at his departure, he and Lemmy continued to be good friends until his death in 2011, which devastated Lemmy. Uh-huh. He truly felt a close kinship with Wurzel, and he was heartbroken over his death. Was it just age? Uh, I think so. Oh, okay. He was a bit older. Uh, not really. He was about the same age as Lemmy. It's just oh. like hard I rock. Did, yeah, I was gonna say they they lived that hard rock hard yeah. rock life. He may have had like cancer or something. I cannot remember. Okay, can't remember. In two thousand five, Motorhead finally won a Grammy, but of course, it wasn't for any of their original compositions. Ugh. No, it was for a cover of Metallica's song Whiplash. I mean, it's a good cover, Parallel. But you couldn't give them a Grammy for their own shit? Their own shit's real good. Also, didn't Metallica cover Motorhead and, like, get inspired by Motorhead? Yeah. And, like, wouldn't exist without Motorhead? The layers of irony are like an onion. No, they're worse than an onion. Which is pretty bad. It's a rotting onion. Because I hate onions. (laughs) 
But also, I kind of feel like ever since the Grammys fucked up and gave Jethro Tull an award over Metallica, yeah. they've been jerking off Metallica nonstop. Oh, we're so sorry, Metallica. And Lars yeah. Ulrich's like, that's right, you better be fucking sorry. We're fucking Metallica. You give us all the all we the get awards. all the rewards and a Danish pastry birthday party. I wasn't good enough to be a tennis player. <laughs> My dad's disappointed in me. <laughs> he he is though. He is though. Deleted. It doesn't matter how big Lars gets. His dad is always disappointed in him. But yeah. Since then, Lemmy's health wasn't looking so great. Ooh. He had been hospitalized in 2000 with the flu and a lung infection. Oh. And since then had been diagnosed with diabetes and hypertension. Wow. That didn't stop him from excessive drinking and smoking, however. No. He had stated once that he drank an entire bottle of Jack Daniels a day since he was 30 years old. That's too much Jack Daniels. But, I'm not saying that's too much alcohol. But can you, I'm saying that's too much Jack Daniels. But can you imagine drinking so much Jack Daniels that you could drink an entire bottle a day and completely function normally? Do you know the most I drink is tonight's? Mm-hmm. Monday nights. And I feel like shit for three days late afterwards. And yeah. I'm like, I should never drink again. But then I'm fine just in time for Mondays. But if you're I constantly- can't imagine... Yeah. Being Lemmy. But if you're constantly operating at that level, no, that's your ima- normal. But I can't imagine that. That's what I'm saying is like, I can't imagine being Lemmy. Yeah. And doing that yeah. and not being like, I'm fucking over this. But at the same time, he's still drinking this much. He's still smoking. He's still touring and doing all this terrible shit to his body. And on top of that, he's now taking medication for diabetes and hypertension. He's drinking a bottle of Jack a day while he's on blood thinners. Like, oh no, honey, no! You're not supposed to. You're not do supposed that. to do that. But, but he was still alive, and he was still fucking functioning. He was still alive for a long time yes. for that. Yes. But the turning point was in 2013. Motorhead's tour was canceled that year because of Lemmy's deteriorating health. He had a cardioverter defibrillator implanted in his chest that would jolt his heart if it detected an irregular heartbeat. Oh my god. Still, he continued to partake in these bad habits, calling it, quote, dogged insolence in the face of mounting opposition to the contrary. Which I fucking love. That's the most British thing I've also ever heard. But also the most intelligent way of saying I'm not stopping drinking. (laughs) I feel I would love it. You know what? If there's any fucking fan request that I've ever made, can someone please put that in a cross stitch for us? That would be wonderful. That would be honestly the sweetest, bestest thing I'd ever see in my life. Yeah. That is kind of my motto now. Drugged right. insolence in the face of mounting opposition to the contrary. It's great. I love and it. I mean, yeah. Like right now? Yeah. I mean, if anything, Lemmy was a fucking wordsmith. Mm. He was a very, very talented lyric writer. He was. Straight to the point. Always funny. Always poignant. And always just on point with everything he said. Yeah. It's great. It's yeah. great. I'm here for it. By 2015, it was obvious that Lemmy's health was in serious decline. 
He lost a lot of weight and was gaunt and had to use a cane to get around. He stopped drinking as much and went from smoking two packs of cigarettes a day to one pack a week. All right. I mean, like, hold up. You could have slowed down on the cigs. Yeah. Like, he could have slowed down on the cigs back in the early aughts. Like, I get it. He started smoking when he was 11 years old. So, honestly, at that point, what is the point? But two packs a day. That's a lot. That's a bit excessive. For 60 years? And also, like, just not attractive. Yeah. But he fucking managed. All right, I guess. I don't know. You know what? He lives his life. He refused to give up music, though, and recorded Motorhead's 22nd and last album, Bad Magic, Mm -hmm. which was released in August 2015 to good reviews. The celebrating was short-lived, however, and I have to mention that I skipped over, like, 20 years right? at this point of well, you, Motorhead you kinda, history. You kind of dipped. However, it's it's literally just the record, tour, repeat, record, tour, repeat. Also, fuck thing. bitches. And fuck bitches and all the same shit. And, like, he collaborated with a lot of people, like, from the Stray Cats and all also, this other shit. something that I didn't know until I listened to his some of his songs recently, uh-huh. he did Triple H's theme song. Yes, he was very involved with, with the Triple WWE H. and Triple H in particular. He did Triple H's intro song. Which, now when I hear, you want to play the game, I'm like, oh my god, of course that's Lemmy. Yeah. He also performed at WrestleMania 21 and performed at a bunch of other like wrestling events. Yeah, I don't I don't get it, but like cool. Good for everybody involved right all there. around. Good for you. Claps all around. Claps all around. So the celebrating was short-lived after Bad Magic came out. First in September 2015, Lemmy was hospitalized for a lung infection after experiencing breathing problems while performing. Mm. He came home from tour to a big party for his 70th birthday. (laughs) But at the party, his manager, Todd Singerman, could tell he wasn't feeling well. So he immediately brought Lemmy to the doctor. Only two days later, on December 26th, Lemmy learned from his doctors that he had prostate cancer, arrhythmia, and congestive heart failure. I did not realize he had cancer. Yeah. That's what got him. The cancer was aggressive and had already spread to his neck and brain. Because prostate cancer is no joke. No. You might... It might be highly um, tolerant, tolerable... Like you can live through it as For long chunk. as long as it doesn't go past the prostate. Right. Once it moves past that, you're fucked. It moves so quickly, Ugh. you could be dead within weeks. It's ridiculous. A friend of ours just passed away at the end of the year last mm. year. Within two months after being diagnosed with prostate cancer, yeah. it had spread throughout his entire body. I I can't believe how quick it spread. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it was insane. You're right. It's it is a terrifyingly aggressive. Yep, you think you have so much time even if you catch it really early and it could just explode out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. He went home to rest and the owner of the Rainbow, Michael Maglieri, even had Lemmy's beloved slots machine installed at his bedside so he could play it at home. Oh, that's really sweet. And the doctor had given Lemmy 2 to 6 months to live. Oh. But only two days later, on December 28th, 2015, 
Lemmy passed away in his apartment. Ugh. It's very, very sad. And it, it kind of sucks that that was the way it went. Yeah. Because he, like, didn't even have time to, like, prep a press statement right. or a press release and, like, tell anybody about it. He Literally didn't, he two days. He didn't have time to even fully process what was going on. Right. I mean, to be told... You've prostate cancer and lung failure and heart failure and all these things. And, like, it's in your brain. It's in your neck. And, like, you need a little fucking minute to look at that shit and say, okay, let me process this. And probably by the time he even, like, started to get to the point of processing it, he passed away. Yeah. And that's fucking terrible. Yeah. But at the same time, it's almost... I I don't condone... Condone, like... I'm not okay with how his death happened, but right. at the same time, it's kind of appropriate just because he lived fast. Yeah, he and died fast. He compromised nothing to live the way he wanted to live. Right. So he was going to die fast and he was going to die by something like cancer that was going to wipe him out completely, swiftly right. and quickly. I actually thought it was just a total. Uh, coronary failure. I oh, thought he yeah. just had a heart attack. I didn't even really well, realize. Well, I mean, he had congestive heart failure, too, which if the cancer didn't get him, the heart failure would pretty mm-hmm. soon. So, you know, it was going to be one or the other. Yeah. I mean, all in all, he... I'm just I'm just wondering if he had maybe even just been cut down to, like, one pack a day. Maybe he could have had another year or two. Maybe, like, if he had cut it down when he was in his 50s. Oh, that's what I mean. Yeah, like two. I mean, like, even getting to two packs a day seems a little yeah, much. Like, maybe he could have made it to, like, 80, but that's kind of stretching it. Oh, that was, I was going to get him, like, 73, 75. Yeah, it would have gone maybe a couple years and that was it. Yeah, I wasn't going crazy. Yeah, but I mean... Dude was working nonstop up until the day he died. Yeah. I mean, I think, respect for that. I think the last show he played was on December 11th, 2015. And people were like, um, you're not looking so good. Right. I do remember that. Like, he he looked like half of the man that he used to look like. He was so skinny and so just weak. And I feel like Lemmy was almost the start. Of everything. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> Think about it. I mean, it was like. He started it. Well, it was like Lemmy, then Bowie, then Prince, Prince. then George Michael. Then like, it's just like, bam, 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 bam. George Michael died a long time ago. Yeah. He died in 2016 at the end of 2016. George Michael? Yes. No. George Michael died a while ago, didn't he? In 2016. Oh. Really? Yeah. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. Yeah, he died. On Christmas 2016. He died the day in between Lemmy's birthday and when he got diagnosed with cancer. No, because Lemmy died 2015. Oh, he died in 2016. And then George Michael died 2016. Oh, yes, that's right. So, like, it started with Lemmy and then ended with George Michael. Except it never ended because we're still in this fucking (laughs) black (laughs) hole of terrible... There is an alternate timeline where Lemmy hasn't died yet. And neither is David Bowie or Prince or George Michael. And, like, Trump didn't become our president. And, like, the coronavirus didn't happen. Or if it did happen, someone more mature handled it. That was the lightest timeline. We are currently living in the darkest timeline. I don't think we are in the absolute darkest, but we are probably, like, two shades from automatic black on the computer settings. Yeah. 
<laughs> or like those two shades of of gray above it. Yeah, exactly. That exactly. look like black, but, but they're not total black. Black yet, <laughs> and that's the hope I'm holding on to. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> Everything's fine. Sorry we landed on such a shitty note, but you know what? Lemmy lives on in our fucking hearts. He does. Honestly, I missed out on years of really enjoying Lemmy until I was cl- probably close to my 30s. Yeah. Um, But I, I, I've always appreciated him. And honestly, just he was the consummate fucking badass. Honestly, yeah. And for what it's worth, yeah, he died the way he died, but I don't think he regrets it either. I don't really. I think every day he went to it, he's like, you know what? If I die, I die. Yeah, I would rather see him go out very quickly at age 70 than to just spend 20 years wasting away. Yes. So. That's the fucking worst. Yeah. So. This is kind of the most appropriate kind of death for somebody who lived the life that he lived. God, and he lived such an amazing life. And I didn't even get to half of the shit that I read about. That he talked about yeah. or anything. So it's hard because he did so much with Motorhead, but he also has done so much with other. Oh yeah, he artists. did so much with Girl School, who is a hugely influence influential all female punk band. Nice. That was also on Bronze Records. Um, he did a lot with Wendy. He really loved yeah, Wendy. He did. Oh yeah. So he did a lot of shit. Yeah. Honestly, like respect for Lemmy. Yeah, he has some weird uncle tendencies, but but he's I don't think that he I think he was more misguided and less malicious, which is and it was also you can work with also a product of his generation. Yeah, which is not an excuse. However, no, it's, it's not, just but, an explanation of who he is. And I think at, at a certain point we have to be accepting of people who they are because no one's going to change if you tell them that I fucking hate you and think you're gross, right? Or if you just straight up say, no, you're wrong. Yeah, you have to listen to what their side is and understand it from their side and accept them from their side and then they can slowly learn from you and you learn from them. I mean, right. that's the point of a relationship, right? right? You learn from each other. Exactly. And I learned a lot from Lemmy. And yeah. I also learned I will gladly sit on his face if he were ever here ever Yo, again. again. <laughs> Young Lemmy, we were born in the wrong time period because we would have been motorhead groupies in a second. Holy shit. Oh my God. I'd be fine with that. 100%. Yeah. But I would make him wear a condom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I would certainly be on some sort of birth control. Yeah. No more little Lemmys happening. No more little Lemmys. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for listening. We hope you guys enjoyed it. It's a very long episode. Yes. Also, thank you for sticking in for this long and ass I, episode. I literally skipped 20 years worth of history. Yeah. So. I mean, we could do a Sorry. Strictly Motorhead episode and probably dig into more. Yeah. Strictly People Who Worked With Lemmy episode and dig into more. If you guys yeah. want it, let us know. We can yeah. work on it. Yep, yep, yep. And you can let us know by hitting up our website, www.rockcandypodcast.com. You can comment on the episode. You can toss us an email. Also find the links to our social medias, which is uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And drop us a line. Say hi. Follow us. Whatever. We will respond. We'll talk to you guys. You want to drop us a review? We're going to say, hey, thanks for the sweet review. That's great. We like reviews. We do. We actually got one fairly recently that we didn't thank last week. So we should thank you now. And it was a nice one. It was so (laughs) nice. 
Mrs. Giggle's juice. I'm sorry, <laughs> Mrs. Giggle juice. You're only one giggle. You are not several giggles. <laughs> but you left us a lovely five-star review saying that, you know, you learned from us and that we're one of your favorite Pantheon podcasts. And we super appreciate you for that. It's really so thank nice. you so much. That made a, That kind of made our fucking day. It did. And speaking of Pantheon podcasts, you can also head over to our network because supporting our network supports us. And you have so many other music podcasts to choose from, from album reviews to stories of people in the lives of musicians to the stories of the musicians themselves. Yep. So go to Pantheon Podcasts, hit them up, see what's going on, get a new podcast up in your queue. Yeah. And if you want to hear more of us... Because we know you want more. And we know you just want to hear our voices all the time. Drunker than this. <laughs> Then you can subscribe to our Patreon and give us some monies and we'll give you stuff in return like bonus episodes every month and some sweet fucking swag. Then you can find that at patreon.com slash rockcandypodcast. So if you feel like it, go check that out. Yeah. That'd be cool. But only if you feel like it. Yeah, I feel like it. And, you know, do it. You know what? Live the limey life. Do how you feel. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that that is it. So come on in next week for the uh, next week's a fun episode. I'm super fucking pumped for next week. <laughs> it should be a fun episode. It is going to be a flashback for us. Oh yeah, high school. So yeah. much high school. We're going to talk about Jinkos and spike oh, bracelets, jelly bracelets. So much arms length jelly bracelets and fishnet shirts. Oh, I'm so fucking pumped. You guys, we're bringing you back to our days. Yeah. So get ready for that. But until then, party on, Ashley. Party on, Maggie. And party on your career as a kid's out there. Go buy a flashlight. The ace of flashlights. <laughs> the ace of flashlights. With Progressive's Name Your Price tool, you can find options that fit your budget. Because giving you options is the right thing to do. Oh, yeah, like when I hold the door for someone. Sure, it may be weird if I don't time it right, and they're a little too far away, and oh, now they're running. And we're both asking ourselves, is it worth it to run instead of just, you know, letting them open their own door? But still, it's the right thing to do. So get options based on your needs with Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Right now, you can get free carpet installation from The Home Depot. So while we're putting in your new carpet, you'll have more time to take care of the lawn. Get started on dinner. Or just lay down and relax on your new carpet after it's installed. Ah. Get your free carpet installation started with The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Minimum purchase of $4.99. Exclusions apply. U.S. only. See store for details. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. Fantasypoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 